Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare. Hey, yo! You hear the sound of those sirens. That can only mean one thing. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Outsiders Edge podcast right here on the Chairshot Radio Network. This is your boy, Dr. S'mores, Mr. Kyle Morris, and I am with, as always, the Kenny to my Kota, Mr. Ray Cash. Rance Morris, how you doing, my friend? Well, you know, it's been a rough couple days, but I can, somebody else can tell you better than I can tell you. I feel that, man. But, like, could it have something to do with what happened on the Root Beer Show? You know, so we're recording on Thursday. Yesterday was an eventful day for me because I fell asleep before Dynamite. I fully intended to watch. I don't really catch Dynamite live. I watch it after the fact. But, like, everybody knew Keith Lee was coming. So Right, and so my excitement was high because I wanted to see Keith Lee... And see Keith Lee get a real chance, right? Keith Lee is dope as fuck. He's awesome and deserves everything. Yes. And so I wake up more than midway through half the show. And, of course, I peruse Twitter. And everybody's Keith Lee, Keith Lee, Keith Lee. Well, that's what the fuck I'm talking about. Good. And then I see this vi- this picture of a back facing the camera with the Switchblade logo in front of the Young Bucks. What did the Young Bucks go to New Japan? Are they back in Impact? What is this? No, ladies and gentlemen and everybody else in between. The Switchblade Jay White has been brought into AEW. Don't know if it's a contract or what. Uh, but, and uh, as my good friend Stephen A. Smith once said, I am having a very bad day. This, today, one of the worst days that I've had in a really long time. I selfishly hope that this is not going to be one of those typical... New Japan AEW crossover things where he's only there for like one or two random fucking matches and then he's gone again. Um, because if that shit could last until, let's see, March the. <laughs> if that could last Selfish until March the 30th, Selfish that would be great <laughs> because your boy gonna be at Dynamite. <laughs> On March the 30th, because it's right here in Columbia, South Carolina. And uh, your boy wants to see the Switchblade. Well, I I hope that works for you, because one of us needs to give our deference to the Tongans and the Kiwi. So 
I hope that works. I mean, you. I really hope so because I haven't seen Jay White live since before he was the Switchblade. The last time That's I right. saw him live was at a Ring of Honor show when he was on excursion in the short trunks just doing the flippy doos. And everybody was like, this guy's got a future. He's going to be real good someday. To answer your question, though, if it's going to be short term or long term, if you look at the reason why he was there, <laughs> it's probably put into short term, right? I mean, everything they do is short term because they book for the moment over there. So, well, look, true words have not been spoken. If you listen to the show, you know that. Although... And I saw a tweet that said this that that showed this uh, that encapsulated this perfectly. AW is maybe the best company I've ever seen religiously and, and consistently with great debuts. Everybody debuts great. Everybody has a great debut and a great initial match and maybe even a great initial feud. It's whatever happens after that, right? They're also one of the few companies where everybody typically wins in their hometown. Well, yeah, because they're a fan service company, which and they're booked for the fans. And the, so what the fans want, nine times out of ten, they get with the exception of MJF, right? Um, but uh, in terms of Jay being there, the reason is because Tony popped off at the mouth again on his Twitter handle and, uh, and his Twitter account and said that the forbidden door was being opened with somebody breaking through the forbidden door and, and shunning another company and signing a contract. Everybody knew he was talking to... Well, because everybody knew he was talking about Keith Lee. So wrestling Twitter's general response to that was a discourse about what does Forbidden Door mean, which in and of itself is stupid. But I mean, the term Forbidden Door is stupid. The Mm -hmm. what does it mean discourse is stupid. It's all irrelevant, y'all. It's just a way to promote people coming into the show. And there's nothing wrong with promoting people coming into the show. Mm -hmm. But like, more to the point... Tony's spider sense started tingling and he knew that people were launching valid and reasonable criticisms at him. Mm -hmm. And so he could not let that go unresponded to. Yeah, he had responded to this, but Big Swole still ain't got an apology yet, but okay, I'm gonna shut up. Oh, I mean, they ain't ready for that conversation. Okay, continue, please. Yes, responded. Yes, he, he finally responded. Oh, Go no, ahead. he finally responded. And, of course, in typical TK fashion, it was this thin-skinned shit about, well, you know, I saw where you guys were really upset because I misused the term forbidden door and I wanted to make sure that I delivered on my promise. Sorry, guys, I won't do it again. I'm just like, bruh. You are like the worst carny at carnying. Well, when you didn't I've grow up carnying, yeah. yeah. But he did grow up carnying. He's a con. Yeah, but it's not the same carny, right? You're right. It is slightly different. But not but like I'm just saying, like, you're a promoter now, bro. Literally all you've got to say is we brought in Jay White because the best want to perform well, because the best want to perform in AEW and he's one of the best. And the story that they told with Jay, even if it is for a week, is fantastic. That they explained it, and this is something they never do. But they explained it very succinctly in 90 seconds. Um, there was a promo with the Bucks and Adam Cole, and the Bucks were like, Well, you know, you could have gave us a heads up. Jay coming, you know, I know you guys are cool, but you know, Jay and Kenny hate each other. And he was like, Well, I'm not worried about that. You know, you gotta trust me, right? 
And don't forget, I know we're all elite, but we took a vow of your Bullet Club, your Bullet Club for life. So Jay White will be there in their corner for the Bucks when the Bucks face Rapongi Vice on Friday at the, and Rampage. Bing, bang, boom, explain, explain, explain. That makes all the sense of the world. Adam Cole, Jay White, they cool. Both, and remember, <clears throat> historically, when the Bullet Club Civil War happened and the firing squad and the Tongans beat that ass, Jay wasn't a member of the, of the Bullet Club yet. He was not. And by that point, Adam Cole had already been forced out by Kenny. He'd been murdered, yes. Mm -hmm. So, like, Jay and Adam got nothing to do with any of this. Not a thing. So, yeah. Now, the the, the best tweet of the night was uh, Tama Tonga with the, with the gif of someone sitting back saying, oh, okay, because uh, that's interesting, you know, because remember, the reason we give all deference to Jay White alongside the Tongans is because every person who's been the figurehead of the Bullet Club has never been the leader. The only leader they've ever elected was Jay White. Facts. Facts. He and was not, And now picked. he's fucking with the elite? Yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know about that one, big dog. Uh, I wouldn't want to go against the Tongans, but, like, <laughs> that's because I know who butters my bread. Um... Do you think, I, mean, I want to get a little Keith Lee discourse here too in just a second. There's not much to talk about other than happiness, but I know, I know Jay is, seems to be done with New Japan. He's just, that's not working. He's been doing Impact for the time being, Kim and Chris Bay and Hiko Leo and the, and the uh, gorillas have been killing it over there, whatever. Can you see him actually making a home in AEW? I mean, if they're going to use him, I can. Um, if, I think if he's smart, and I think Jay White is smart, yeah. I think if Jay's smart, he lets his New Japan contract run its course, and then he tells Tony and Vince, make me offers, bitches. I love it. I love and, it. And, uh, gets him a good old-fashioned bidding war going, because, uh, if you think Vince McMahon wouldn't see money in Switchblade Jay White... You was a fool, sir. You was a fool. 29 uh, years old, experienced. Fluent English speaker. Former, IW, former IWGP heavyweight champion, which is a belt that he respects. Yep. He's perfect size, has a great look, a great gimmick, can talk. Yeah, why the fuck wouldn't you want him? Of course. Yeah, Vince would, Vince would be all over that, like stink on shit. Um, but, like, I... Part of me wants to say he would thrive in AEW because he's Jay White and he's going to thrive literally anywhere he goes. Mm. But another part of me is just like, if he were to go to them full time, he's just another guy because AEW's roster is getting to the point where like, it's so fucking bloated. And everybody's just like, oh, yeah, you're just another fucking guy that's, like, in this particular level of performer. I'm glad you said that. Because that's been absolutely the case to this point, which is why Keith Lee is such a big signing for them. Because everything about Keith Lee screams not a, not another guy. His nickname's fucking Well, Limitless, first right? of all, he's the first non-white one to have, like, a spotlight debut in a hot minute. 
thank you says andrade probably thank you for that yeah he's like the first one that's not a stale pale white male as my friend would call it oh that i'm using that i am stealing that thank you for you thank you your friend for giving me fodder for (laughs) for later on but the but yes that that is the huge part but i also think that because the rhetoric around keith lee is WWE dropped the ball with them because they wouldn't let him quote unquote be him and they debut the company where you can be yourself and they let you be yourself. They just don't use you regularly, like, you know, unless you're at a certain level. I think the other thing that helps Keith Lee, though, legitimately, is he has a look that nobody else in that company has. The closest, the closest is maybe like a ward lower powerhouse Hobbs, because like Hobbs they're the only closer, other. Yeah. Because they're the only other like Haas types that yeah, they've but got. Even then, there's like even then Wardlow is the tank because he's bop, 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 bop. He's not a yeah, he's just a big guy. Yeah, you're right. And so I'm just like Keith Lee's look in any company is unique. Like, you know, like that's why Vince originally saw money there is like that is a unique look. That yeah. is something that like nobody else is gonna have. And he's got that size and he's got the charisma and he's got the skill and he's got that like it factor that makes you want to pay attention to him. And so like he is a legitimate star. I just hope that like he doesn't get lost in the shuffle of what is becoming a lot of stars. Well, that's the precursor to me for for them as a company and quite frankly, Keith Lee as a top level star. Is if Keith Lee gets if Keith Lee gets lost in the shuffle in that company that needs somebody like him desperately, then that's that is that is the biggest admission of of guilt on both parties mm-hmm. to me. You know, mm-hmm. because we so often, rightfully so, might I add, but we so often criticize WWE for, for wrestlers not making it. And we and again, rightfully so, I need to 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 make sure you understand rightfully so they book the people and wwe more than any other company is scripted to the t but we never look at the wrestlers and say well what is it about you that didn't work on top of what wwe did if keith can't make it work in aw which would be bonkers and crazy to me that's a huge admission of guilt on aw for how they book but i would have to look at keith too what is it that's missing there what is it that's not getting over or getting across I mean, that's all a big if, because, like, we don't know if we don't know how he's going to do. And we're hoping that he's going to do really well, because Keith Lee feels like a surefire can't miss star. He sure did last night. And he he did last night. And, like, the first time he debuted with main WWE, he did. I think uh, part of where they dropped the ball there is they shouldn't have sent him back to NXT after Survivor Series the first fucking time. Or after the Royal Rumble the first fucking time. When you bring him in and he is being put on par with the likes of, like, your Lesnar types and, like, given these opportunities to have these big spots with these big guys, and then you send him back down to NXT? Like, nah, just leave him back up there. It's like, clearly this man belongs in this land with these other people his size. Man, spot the fuck on. And I think this... I think this thought process is really overrated and it's starting to become annoying, but it's still factual. The fact that they debuted him with different music and a different attire than we used to 
I don't think they didn't change who he was as a wrestler, but it was enough of a change to make people think differently. Well, and it also was enough of a thing that it fed into one thing that the, that wrestling fans give AEW credit for and criticize WWE for a lot is insulting your fan base who pay the insulting the portion of your fan base that pays attention. Yeah. Yeah, straight up. WWE has a consistent history of doing things that genuinely insult the portion of the fan base that does watch regularly and does pay attention and does consume all of the different parts of the product because it's like you watch all of this and you tell me these stories and I consume these stories and then you pretend these stories didn't happen. And it's like, I'm not fucking stupid. Yeah. And you see they're trying to fix it now because the synergy between NXT and the main roster is the best it's ever been. Best it's ever been, you know, and doing simple things. I know it's too little too late, but like doing simple things like Mickey James being in the Rumble the way that she was was a big deal in the sense of like, stop pretending that there's no world outside of your bubble. Acknowledge that these other places exist so that when these people come in and you say, oh, so-and-so was the former Impact champion, like, okay, yeah, that's a thing that we know exists. Within reason. Within reason, reason, yeah. Yeah, like, I always appreciated that JBL would always talk about the IWGP championship. But New Japan doesn't compete with WWE, so, like, that's why it made sense to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It'd be one thing if... If if MJF signed tomorrow, and they're like the the top guy of AEW for three. Like I don't know if that's something you should talk about, but the Mickey thing, yeah, that because that's harmless, right? Yeah, don't you think they're not competition? Yeah, and they and they don't even they don't even acknowledge fucking NXT champions. So like to acknowledge another fucking company, which they really that that's another thing again, insulting your fucking intelligence. Yeah. Um, but uh, so. From someone who got released by the WWE to someone who got released by the WWE. Uh, Let's talk about uh, Cocaine Shane. I'd like to quote the great modern philosopher Trinidad James. Um, Pop the Molly, I'm sweating. Woo! One more time for effect. Pop the Molly, I'm sweating. Woo! I'm going to quote the late philosopher Rick James. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> Trinidad's uncle, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's we're gonna laugh and joke about him, but did he really get fired? Because he's on. There's a tweet with him apparently doing some work in bringing WWE and a rugby company together. So, like, did he get fired, or did like Vince just say you done as a wrestler? I mean, both. Or things. is it the same thing? I was gonna say they can both be the same thing. Okay, they can. Right. Be, they, like he could have been fired from his talent contract, and like we have long suspected that he probably sold off his stock options a long time ago uh, yeah. to fund yeah. a lot of his other ventures. Um, and in which case, if he ain't got a talent contract, then yeah, that would be you got fired, big dog. But oh, it's not man. even so much about. That he got fired because, like, that don't surprise me. You think Vince McMahon and Stephanie loyal? Like, shit. That loyalty only goes so far. i tell you this. It only surprised me because of how the fuck apparently it happened. I was going to say, the it happening, not surprising at all. The fact that Vince was, like, willing to fire his son, no shock. No yeah. shock. Yeah. But, uh. Good damn. So 
Your boy Shano was at the Royal Rumble on one. Talk about it, dog. Dog. So I was listening to the Masked Man show with uh, with David Shoemaker and Domi Cass. And they said something that I never thought about that was so fucking salient to me. It felt like fucking heaven. This is the problem with Triple H not being there. Triple H is the stabilizing factor backstage with a lot of these things. And I bring it up because the only reason Shane was brought back is because in the past year, Shane has helped book the Royal Rumble. Right. And so but who lead, who's leads that booking is Hunter. Hunter's not there. So Shane just said, I guess, you know, um, he had enjoyed or partaken in uh, one of his favorite recreational activities, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. allegedly. Um, and I guess was like you said, was on one. It was like, fuck this. You know what? Rock Whitten? Fuck that, bro. What about me at the main event? <laughs> and I'm going to throw out Kevin Owens and I'm going to throw out Riddle and I'm going to do all this. I'm Shano. What's up, baby? And like, what? Like, to the point that Randy Orton had to put his ass in his place. And I'm loving, I am loving the fuck out of old man Orton stories. Because, like, yeah. Randy Orton has quickly become that man of the culture, man of the people who you don't want no smoke with. It is. <laughs> We, me and you have talked about this ad nauseum, and with respect, this is something that you may have been a little hesitant to believe, but this is proof that growth exists in people. Randy has grown. Shit, I was out here on this show four years ago. Every time his name was mentioned, fuck Randy Orton. <laughs> <laughs> four years ago? Like two years ago, God, what are you talking about? <laughs> no, dog, it's 2022, man. Like two years oh, ago was, was homebound. I did lose two years of my life during COVID. You're right. <laughs> it felt more reason than that. Good point. It did. But I'm just saying, dog, like, it feels like it was 2016 just a hot minute ago. We are in a world where, for the majority of this show, you wouldn't talk about Drew McIntyre and fuck Randy Orton every second you got. And now we regularly talk about Drew and Randy Orton doesn't get a fuck you. Like, growth in all Yo, no. Randy, Randy Dunn did work, though. Randy Dunn did work. But no, the point is, point is like i like that you brought the hunter thing up because i think the other issue of hunter not being there so we've been reading a lot of these reports about morale at an all-time low totally believe it releases are happening regularly things are like in constant shuffle rewrites happening all the time shane mcmahon showing his ass at one of the biggest shows of the fucking year and like whether he is currently management or not what's his last name Shane. Oh. Um, Levesque. (laughs) McMahon. Yes. But you know know what I'm saying? Like, regardless of the fact whether he management or not, he's still a McMahon. So, like, how far are you really willing to push? Because you don't, until you know where Vince feels about something, you don't know, am I going to fuck up and get my ass fired because I stepped to the boss's kid? And, like, Hunter being there also corrects one of the other problems that the talent are regularly talking about. They feel like it's impossible to get to Vince. Well, you know who was always accessible to the talent? Hunter. Hunter. Because what was Hunter's job? Talent relations. You know, and this is a quick tangent, but this makes me, like, lament the fact that there are no fucking veterans on the roster. Because the two people who stuck up to Shane that day were Brock and Randy. <laughs> and they're like, you two people who knew... You? 
two people who knew, like, dog, my bread is buttered. It is yeah. buttered on both sides. You ain't doing shit to me, little boy. Did you did you see the report about the um about the the number? So Shane come out twenty eight. Yeah, yeah, twenty nine. Yeah, Randy was wanted to, or Shane wanted to come out to Randy's number, and Shane's music was already hitting, and Randy was like, "Well, bitch, I ain't going out there to here comes the money, so you better get your ass up out there." <laughs> they said he literally rolled on the floor crying, laughing. <laughs> like, what the? So that the level of don't give a fuck Randy Orton has right now is what I I strive to have in my life. I mean, this is a man who like he's done the work to grow, but at the same time, he can legitimately look at you with a straight face and be like, "I shit in someone's bag before. What the <laughs> fuck you think I'm gonna do to you? <laughs> I shit in someone's bag because it was fun for me. What the oh. fuck?" I'm a do to you. That's the whole. I used to kill people, but now you know I just go and play with doves at the park. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Not like Randy has done a lot. He's caught. Yeah. Randy is like Randy is like that old head that got out of the game, but was in the game for a real, real long time, and so nobody yeah. wants to fuck with him because it's just like, I mean, yeah, he's over there feeding pigeons now, but he used to feed the fishes. I <laughs> am. <laughs> You, and you know what's, what's funny to me about those situations? So Meltzer reported it. And clearly I didn't believe that shit, right? Because it's Meltzer. And then everybody started reporting it. Keller, Sapp, everybody. And I was like, is this shit real? And what, what, what threw me off initially was the entire time Shane has been back, we never heard of rumors or innuendo or anything of Shane trying to put himself in the main event or win a world title. Mm-hmm. And now this motherfucker's gonna pop up out of nowhere and say, fuck it, I'm winning the Royal Rumble? <laughs> what? Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> Apparently, dog. <laughs> Apparently, bro. I oh but, but here's the bigger but here's the bigger like fuck you about man. Like a lot of that shit come at the expense of our dog Biggie. It does. Um you you wanna get into Biggie right now? Yeah, let's go ahead and get into Biggie. Like so, by the way. So, like, first of all, the rumor is that a lot of people within the company are not happy with sure. the way that Biggie is being treated and his handled. placement. Yes, his placement on the card and whatnot. Um, and I totally get that. Um, and. I think that for me, that is the bigger issue. So I want to get your perspective on the Biggie treatment and situation first, and then I'll talk about why I think the locker room perspective is the bigger issue overall. I, I got you. I appreciate that. And for the record, I agree with that assessment. Like Because if there's one thing we know, whether that's kayfabe or not kayfabe, is that the New Day are loved. By everybody, everybody, like you, ne- like the new day are the only people. Half of company. AEW was retweeting Big E's WWE title win. I'm glad you brought that up. I was gonna say the the new day are the only people who have been able to get AEW people on WWE programming, right? You remember when the Elite versus oh yeah the Elite the new day the new was day, on yeah. fucking WWE.com? Mm-hmm. Like, so like that's how much the new day is respected and loved, and Big E being the top level of that. So let me say this. I have been the biggest proponent of Big E 
winning the Rumble, being world champion again. This week on Badlands, which uh, should have released the day before you guys were listening to this, I booked Big E winning the Royal Rumble this year in his year from this year to WrestleMania 39. So I'm a believer in Big E. I think Big E had one of the best new championship reigns in recent memory, and not even so much in the ring. Out of the ring, he had one of the greatest runs you could have, right? Mm-hmm. He he extended the the idea and the, and the viewership of WWE, and as a black the types man, of outreach Big E can do are different yes. than the types of outreach that like even Bobby Lashley can do. Yes. And, and some of, and, I, and that is more of an age thing because I think the thing that people forget about Bobby Lashley, Bobby old, like forty five. Yeah. yeah, like Bobby's in his mid forties. Big yeah. E is like mid thirties. That's a huge difference if we're talking about like being out in the culture and what's Absolutely. current and how to do outreach and how to get things popping. Yep, taking the title to Hot ninety seven and to Power one hundred five one the Breakfast Club. Doing um doing Errol intros at UFC fights and 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 the, the Aerosmith fight the, the whatever going going to the Iowa uh, game yeah big noon kickoff big noon kickoff all and then the our heroes rock with Andre as hell like yeah. he just had a moment that was like oh this is gonna be for real and nobody expected him to be champion forever but like he's made right so I so let's start there I'm with everybody on that. I think sometimes, though, us as fans, we can let our love and our fandom exaggerate our words sometimes. Because I to to say that Biggie has been treated unfairly, I think, is a rush to judgment. To see to say that it's a shame he's been demoted is absolutely factual. But there were reasons for things like like for example, the move to SmackDown. I hate that shit with a fucking passion. Him being a tag wrestler with Kofi again. I hate to see it with a fucking passion. But let's think about this. The reason WWE has the has the ability to not give a fuck about tag teams is because they always got the New Day. Right? That's the reason they can say we don't give a fuck about tag teams. We got the Usos, the New Day. We'll make tag teams and put them against those two. But Woods is hurt. And Kofi was by himself. Big E wasn't fighting for the championship at the moment. Let's put them together in the meantime. It made sense in that regard. I don't think it was a demotion as much as the New Day is always an ever-moving, ever-changing entity that can be apart or back together at any time. The loss to Brock didn't bother me so much because I, I saw the story coming, but I didn't like that Biggie, like Kofi, didn't get a chance to get it back, right? That was another thing that bothered me, but they did a gentleman trick and everybody and they gave us Brock versus Bobby which we've been clamoring for for 15 fucking years so we didn't think about it right but this reminds me a lot of Bianca after she finally lost that last match against Becky which was in October I believe right and people will say well you know Bianca's been languishing and everything no Bianca's been in high level positions it's just it's not the championship so but because we remember her not fighting for the title we think she's been moved on the card. Well, Bianca was a sole survivor at a Survivor Series. Bianca uh, elevated Dewdrop to the level where Dewdrop could have a title match at fucking Royal Rumble. And Bianca was the Iron Woman of the Royal Rumble this year and was one of the last eliminated until, you know, we Ronda came back and changed everything and is the favorite to go face Becky again for the world title at WrestleMania. So 
I'm here with you and everybody that there is a problem that Big E has not been continuously treated in a level that I think we all believe he should be with the Romans and the Drews and the Seths and the and the Bobbies now or whatever. But I just don't think that I hear I'm hearing too much talk about buried or mistreated or whatnot. I just don't think that's the case. Um, but I understand we're fans and we want better for him, so it feels that way. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. Um, and I don't disagree necessarily with anything that you had to say. My thought was when I was reading about the reported unrest within the uh, locker room about it is like that is a bigger problem because morale is low within the company, according to all accounts from most sources right now. Yep. yep. Um, morale is very low as it is. You had somebody who is a beloved locker room figure that is apparently, you know, in the opinion of a lot of people, been wronged. And if your morale is already low, those kinds of things are a big deal. Yeah, that's fair. And I think that at some point, I understand it's a business and like it's business culture and money matters and blah, 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 blah. But like at a certain point, within the corporation, you have to assess the impact that your decisions are having on the people who have to, like, go out there and do the job. Yeah. Um, Because, like, low morale leads to phoning it in, and in the kind of industry that wrestling is, phoning it in leads to people getting hurt because they hurt themselves or because of a miscommunication or a mistiming or whatever because they're just like not mentally on it because they're just kind of like there and so like you know that is my bigger takeaway i think that's fair i think that's more than fair i think spot on there um you know there were kind of three different layers of the wrestling kayfabedom or 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 whatever that we that we that that exists and we never talk about one of them one of them is the wrestlers the the fan perspective the other one is the company perspective we never talk about the wrestler perspective right we always talk about how we feel as fans and how wrestlers have been treated or how wrestlers are doing or whatever we talk about how the company's treating the wrestlers or the company treats us as fans or whatnot we never talk about how the wrestlers and we may talk wrestlers and fans, yes, but we never really talk about how, how the wrestlers feel on behalf of the way the company's treating them or what they're what's being done for them or to them. Um, and that's a great point. Well, I, no, I to just I think that it's an important conversation to have. If for no other reason than y'all, you might not be a wrestler, but you have a job. Think about how many times you have left a job because that job sucked ass or somebody has been thinking about applying to a job and you're like, oh, yeah, no, don't go work for them because blah, 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 blah. Like, y'all, that shit matters. Toxic work culture is why people don't renew contracts. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. 
That's angrylemonade.net. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thecheshire.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thecheshire.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Thanks for helping us pay those bills, y'all. Slight technical difficulties aside. Um, Fuck Windows. Sorry, did I say something? I'm pretty sure I heard fuck Brian Kendrick. Um, But that's all we wanted to say about that, so we're moving on. Uh, So, Roman versus Brock again um but with a slightly different twist this time uh brock is the face and roman's the heel and like i was really into that i was really into that and i was following that because you know lumber brock is interesting um if for no other reason wait stop lumber brock patent that shit right now trademark that shit right now that's top five best Kyle ideas or moments on the edge history. I'm sorry. Lumber Brock. What I'm tweeting this shit out right now live. Yeah. So Lumber Brock is interesting, if for no other reason than like everything Sami Zayn touches turns to gold. So like, duh. Um the tag team I never knew I wanted, but like all of a sudden needed. Uh however, the one thing you could have done to Roman versus Brock to make me a little bit less excited about it and to make me feel like, ooh, this feels like more of the same instead of a fun new twist on an old story is making it title versus title. So, like, in your opinion, does title versus title help or hurt Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar? It helps it in terms of the perception of it of it between casuals, and it helps it in terms of its place in legacy, but it hurts the shit out the feud. Okay, so we're in agreement on the general concept. Um, yes. I agree wholeheartedly. Say more. So, you know, what's disappointing to me is that this is the first time these two have fought going into WrestleMania season, and it had a story. Yeah. The other times they fought has been, oh, well, with two biggest guys here, we got to fight, right? They have a, a fantastically told story between the two. And I get COVID happened. They had to play. They had to change some things and kind of play by ear for a minute, audible. I get all that. And, and I am I am understanding of that situation. But we already knew Roman and Brock were going to fight. We yep. already wanted to see them fight because yep. of the, the love triangle. Yeah. And Roman is in, in, in the midst of the greatest world title run since Hulk Hogan in like 1989, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or whatever yep. year, whatever year that shit was. And that's a literal thing. Nobody's, nobody's held a world title in America this long since Hogan, right? So everything is already made there, right? I'm even understanding of Brock winning the Rumble. I just don't like the fact that he had to be in the title match, lose that, and get put in number 30 without an explanation. That's another conversation for another day, right? But Brock winning the Rumble on paper makes sense because Roman's going to duck him. I need a reason to fight him, whatever. But to make this possibly make this shit title versus title, 
I'm not even going to call it unification because they're unified and they're, they're dumber than we think they are. But to make the title versus title undermines every other wrestler on the card. Let's look at WrestleMania 35 and Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte. We, ex- we excuse that because the level of importance that match meant to the history of women's wrestling was so, imp- was so big that we excused them burying Oscar three weeks before the show and every other woman because yeah. we understood what that match meant. Yep. You can do Brock and Roman whenever you want. And have done it many times. Yes. And and what is this? The on, there's only one other one other uh there's only one other WrestleMania pairing that has wrestled at three WrestleManias, and that is Triple H and Taker. And I'm oh, sorry, Rock and Rock Austin. Austin. These are the only, that's the only three in history that have wrestled at three WrestleManias one on one. And so it's like, I get it. And we may not look at it in the midst of this as a historic rivalry. We will in history because top guy of one generation, top guy of another. This is going to be historic. You know I what I just that. thought of, though? Like, real quick, unrelated to any of it. Yeah. Um, it, it's amazing to me that we've seen John Cena versus Randy Orton a million and a half times, but well, we haven't know. seen it at three WrestleManias. Yep. Yeah, and the one time feels so crazy to think that like, nah, these were the alpha and omega of their era, and we've yep. seen the two of them square off and literally like a million times, but I've not seen it at Mania three times. And the one time it was at Mania was a triple threat. It wasn't even one on one. Yeah, crazy shit, right? It is. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, yeah, you know, you. You have you're going into uh, two days at in Dallas, right? Roman at this point doesn't need the title. Like I get build the shit up, legendary, whatever you want to do, but he doesn't need the title. Brian no. doesn't need the title. And this feud isn't about championships; it's about no. personal shit, right? Yeah, it's about Paul. So that those championships could be conduits for other wrestlers to have a major marquee match in Dallas. To continue to build up your cards because you're having a hundred thousand people two nights back to back. So the idea of putting both titles on two guys who don't need them were already feuding, already had a reason to feud, and had nothing to do with the championship. And now you're gonna essentially waste those championships. It just well, it's doubly so because if you're not gonna if you're gonna do that, here's the thing: if that's the direction you're gonna go in. I need you to have blood feuds in place already to fill these other card slots because how to fuck because what the fuck's your main event going to be because like that's an issue because it's the 10th of February when we are recording the show right now mania will be like that first weekend in April um what you going to do hot shot a blood feud in two months okay so let's do this unofficially right now we know Roman Brock Right now for the Universal title, maybe for both. We know Charlotte and uh, Ronda for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And we can assume, I think, Becky, Bianca, one more again for the Royal Women's Championship. I have Ray versus Dominic in the mid card. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. And that has some precedent because it's been at least booked that way. You could also, I guess, assume some semblance of Kevin Owens' uh, Seth, Seth Rollins, Rollins. Yeah. and maybe Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Maybe. And 
either Riddle and Orton are gonna they're gonna break up or they're gonna fight for the titles. One or the other. Right? But I mean that's not a lot, dog. There's a whole no. lot left on the fucking roster. What are the Usos yeah. gonna do? What is Drew McIntyre gonna do? He's clearly not gonna fight Corbin again. Like they're, oh, the Usos so are well now that the New Day's back together, you gotta put Biggie and Kofi in something, so they'll just throw they'll just throw them at the Usos because that's you know, it's a classic, don't get me wrong. It's a classic. Classics don't go out of style, but man. like, man, that feels like settling. It, the, so they'll make something make sense, but you make you that you make such a fucking great point. If you're going to if you're gonna take up all this space at the top of the car with this one feud, which is okay if you book it right, and this this feud been booked fantastically, I think it has. So far. It has, but the thing is, again, to like reinforce the point we're making, this feud has been it has been booked spectacularly enough and in the right kind of way that the titles could be keeping other people busy, and this feud could main event a show on its own because they're fighting over fucking Paul and legacy and who's the real alpha and who's the one that Heyman should really be representing. Yep. Like, that's yep. the real feud. That's a blood feud. That's the level of vitriol I need from the top parts of my card on one of these nights, whichever night these two are not on. So I'm thinking uh-huh. the end of night one, because night two is obviously where you're going to put Roman versus Brock in the main event. So oh, it's night, like... You, you know it's in night one. You know it's in night one. Charlie Robert. That's in night They one. are. You're right. Yeah. They'll end night one, but I'm saying there's more to the upper card. And it's just oh, yeah. like, what are our big events going to be? Because the other thing is, you're right, it is going to be Charlotte Ronda. And this is not meant to disrespect Ronda's level of talent. I know you're going As right. much as you're it's right. to say, that match ain't going to last more than five minutes. Oh, no, I don't know about that. Ten, may, maybe ten. R- Ronda got a gas tank. Like, it's just, I don't know where she is right now in terms of her fitness at this moment. Because that felt a whole lot like, I'm okay, I've been getting a call for When did she months. have her baby? Like, when did she have her baby? I'll tell you. Vamp for a second and I'm looking it up now. Because, like, that is, because uh, that is factoring into some of my, like, Rhonda has been out of the ring for a long time. And she was pregnant, which means she had a child very recently and depending on how recently what september 27th okay she had a baby in fucking september yeah wow wrestlemania will be barely six months which number one props homegirl on like being in any kind of in-ring shape this soon after that like applause um But, like, even so, I'm just like, damn, I don't know if this match is going more than, like, 10 minutes or so. Well, I agree with you, but also, too, if you look at at the main events of the men in WrestleMania's recently, with the exception of last year with Roman and and, uh, and and, um, uh, Danielson and Edge, Drew Drew versus Brock three years ago or two years ago, five minutes. Uh, Goldberg versus Braun that year. Thing Three is, minutes. thing is, that version of Brock 
had to be a three-minute match because that was the, like, vintage Suplex City version of just, like, that's all he did. That's all he did. Look, Lumber Brock has more entertaining matches than Suplex City Brock. I love that fucking name. Okay, let me, I'm going to pitch you something, and I'm going to piss you off, but you're going to be mad at me because you're going to say it makes too much sense. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Ready for this? Hurt me with your logic. Okay. Elimination Chamber happens in two weeks, or not this weekend, but next weekend. I know. Yes, I know. the latest edition of Blood Money. Yes, Blood Money. Where's Platt? What is it, Seven? Gem- no, we're at the Deathly Hallows, yeah. Deathly Hallows, yes, thank you. Yes, yes, Blood yes. Money Seven, the Deathly Hallows. Um, Brock loses in the uh, Elimination Chamber. I guess maybe because of Roman or Paul or whatever happens. Lashley retains, or Seth wins. How the fuck you want to do it? I don't give a fuck. Brock causes Roman to lose to Goldberg. At Mania, we get Goldberg versus Big E. We get Lashley, Seth, and Kevin. And then you still get Brock versus Roman because while Brock always wants a title, he wants Roman more than that championship right now. That is a means to an end that fulfills every box you would want to check. The only problem is Goldberg wins the championship and beats 500 days. How willing are you to sacrifice? To quote Lucius Malfoy, how dare you? <laughs> I don't want it. But I'm, it so look, I'm disgusted want, that that's been put into the ether. I don't want Goldberg nowhere near the championship. I definitely don't want him nowhere near my tribal chief. But I'm just saying, it it fulfills every issue we have. Big E's back in the world title picture. He beats. He gets the one match he's won. Goldberg. Goldberg goes off into the fucking sunset. No more. Goldberg's gone. Roman Brock not so for the title. Fucking, it would be so fucking WWE. Would it not? Bit, no. It would be so fucking WWE in the worst ways. Agreed. To Bitch Roman's title reign out to Goldberg. I so agree. that the person who gets the rub of dethroning the tribal chief is fucking Goldberg. I fucking agree. But I'm telling you, legitimately, now, if I was going to say unbiasedly, even with bias, Kyle, I want you to tell me. I don't care if it's biased or unbiased. Legitimately, if Goldberg breaks that. Sh- I don't want to say streak, but break, let's call it a streak just for the, for, for the purposes of keeping things kind of in the same realm. He breaks that streak, and then he comes out, and because of, because of Brock, he comes out, and he plays a little, he plays heelish a little bit, saying, I'm the best ever now, I broke the streak, this, that, and the other, and Big E comes out and calls him out, and Big E beats Goldberg to get the title back? You don't think fans will transfer that same heat to Big E? I'm talking about positively wise, like the same, the same rub of, of beating Roman. You don't think they will? I am too visceral in my feelings towards Goldberg to have yeah. any opinion other than disgust. Understood. Understood. Let the record state I don't want this to happen. I'm just saying it checks it checks every box we need. Speaking of boxes being checked or unchecked, uh, Jeff Hardy's test results came back. Boy, that's a conversation to have, isn't it? 
I mean, oh, goddamn, goddamn. I mean, we started this show with uh, things that allegedly happened, and we gonna end this show with things that allegedly happened. Can I can I tell you though? I'm 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 troubled by this. I'm gonna tell you why I'm troubled. Because I am a firm believer of if you if you're gonna get back proverbially in bed with the addict that has cleaned themselves, that have become clean, at a certain point you have to give them a level of trust, right? At a certain point, right? I think there's a level of trust you have to give them if you're going to be in bed with them in some form or fashion, whether it's relationship-wise or business or something, right? Otherwise, you wouldn't do business with them, okay? I also am of the same belief that I understand there being an extra level of care or concern over a Jeff Hardy erratic moment. So my I'm troubled because it's blatant fuck shit how they jump to every fucking conclusion with this dude enough to the point where they they wanted to force him to rehab and fire him without the fucking test results. Also but also also from Jeff's perspective, if I want if I were to take Jeff's perspective in this moment. Our dog Randy is a two-time strike. Like he's a two-strike loser, just like I'm a two-strike loser. Yeah. And I know, right. no, yeah. I know they're not the same rants. I'm not saying that they're the same. I'm saying yeah. if I'm Jeff and I'm looking at things from my perspective. Sure, sure. I'm a two-time loser. He's a two-time loser. I'm a former world champion. He's a former world champion. I put asses in seats. He puts asses in seats. Like. If I'm looking at it from his perspective, like I might feel like, why is it that literally everything I do is being put under this microscope? I know that the things that I did to fuck up were worse, but I also like did actual prison time for that and like actually like went out like a sucker and like actually did hit rock bottom really fucking hardcore. But at the same time, you really don't have a lot of legs to stand on if you're Jeff also because you still also have a history of like not even beyond the erratic behaviors of your addiction, you have a history of no-showing events. You have a history of saying that you'll be there and at the last minute having some kind of bullshit excuse. Coming Um, out to wrestle matches high. Yeah, like you famously main-evented a pay-per-view where you came out under the influence so bad that Eric Bischoff had to like tell Sting to literally force you down. Um, Which, like... Yes. However, to go back to your original point and why it's a torn situation is like that was also in 2011. It's 2022. At what point do we have to like say, especially because the things that Jeff has relatively gotten had issues with in the years since have not been um as much pill related as much as it's been like drunk driving and still addiction still addiction yes yeah, yeah. Still I, addiction. I don't think yeah it, i don't think their wwe is focusing on pills i think they're focusing on him being an addict in general but yes keep going well just like i think that like at some point we have to give jeff at least a little bit of credit in terms of like jeff has done a lot of work Jeff is still not perfect. Yes. Jeff still 
has the history that he has and any company would be right to have questions to have like very strict parameters in place and like hey if we're gonna do business this is how it's gonna go like yeah i totally get that but also i think that like for jeff especially especially in an industry like wrestling that is chock fucking full of people who have done shit just as bad if not worse as jeff hardy i feel like jeff is forever labeled with this like substance abuse addicty well i get reputation you're right you're right this this is much like the nfl where like Every, there's murderers and thugs and killers, but I took a drug. But but no, I no, it's not that. It's not. No no that. no. I get you saying. I get you saying. It's well, more so just like as much as he still has problems, I feel like we don't ever give Jeff any credit for the work he has done. No, I get what you're saying, and we do give him credit. I think maybe not maybe not as much as we should. We do. I think the problem is his addiction has affected his career. Everybody else's shit hasn't affected the business. His shit has affected the business. He has multiple times showed up to work high, multiple times been fired from companies. I mean, the company was ready to strap the rocket to his back in 2009. The company was ready to give him a world, a world title, not run, but uh, main event. Um, uh, he was going to feud with Roman going into December and January. So that was the reason why he was he was positioned where he was at the moment. But so what my initial point was is that the reason I say I'm troubled is because Jeff Hardy definitely deserves some of the benefit of the doubt. But the situation, if you look at the situation, ignore every other thing else. A six man tag at a house show. And you have a wrestler who literally dips out of the fucking match and walks out of the ring through the crowd. That does not look or seem like normal behavior. So if it was fucking Drew McIntyre or Xavier Woods or fucking Roman Reigns, they would be like, you all right? What's wrong? But the fact that it's a guy who has has a known extensive issue with substance abuse, I understand them saying, bro, we need you to take a drug test because that was too weird. One, another byproduct of what you said earlier about not having enough veterans in the locker room anymore because you've either released everybody or what have you. Number two, I have a question for Jeff's agent. Like, not even Jeff. I have a question for Jeff's agent. Mm-hmm. The fuck you signed this man a deal to do house shows? This man is no. too... Number one, this man is too That's old. Great point. That's this great man point. is too old in, in terms of m- miles in the ring. This man got Excuse too me. many yes. miles on his body. Yes, has taken facts. too many bumps, and this man has made this company too much motherfucking money, hand over fist. Every time they hire him, he sells merch like hotcakes. Facts, facts, yes, 100%. Forever. One of their biggest stars, which is why they keep bringing him back and keep giving him chances, which is also why I do believe that report that he turned down a Hall of Fame offer but I firmly believe it's for a different reason than what some other people might think. Some people are saying, oh, he turned it down uh, like for bitter reasons and for like petty reasons. Nah, dog. Jeff is smart. Jeff wants Matt to get into the Hall of Fame. And well, Matt ain't going to get into the Hall of Fame if Jeff don't take his ass with him. 
Matt Matt said that. that he said that. It, it came out and said the reason Jeff turned it down was because it was not a Hardy Boys induction. It was a Jeff Hardy induction. Yeah. So he's spot on there. Yeah. Matt or Jeff want Matt in the hall. And yeah. Jeff, no. Matt ain't getting in the hall if I accept a Jeff Hardy Hall of Fame induction. <laughs> and 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 to and to that to that point, when Matt's talked about that and when Matt basically came out and said that, he said the only reason they didn't want to induct Matt now was because he's under contract with another company, so they couldn't. Mm-hmm. So that means they're amenable. Which to means, which means when Matt, which means when Matt's contract runs out and he decides not to renew it, and they show up at the Hall of Fame ceremony next year, <laughs> don't be surprised. What? No, no, no. I, it would be a Matt Hardy and Jeff Hardy move to let Matt's contract expire, go to the Hall of Fame, get inducted, go through the whole ceremony, and then be on Dynamite the following Wednesday. That is a yeah. Matt and Jeff Hardy, because Matt and Jeff understand the carny. They oh, yeah. know how to carny. 100%. 100%. Uh, kind of to put a bow on this, though, I feel for both parties in the situation. WWE fucked up massively. Massively. But I also think they were within their rights to say, man, like, you need to take a drug test. This was too weird. Mm-hmm. But to fire the motherfucker just because he didn't want to go to rehab is too much. You, you should have waited for the drug test first. Ooh, Take him actually, off the road, wait for the drug test, and if you're right, then you're within your rights to say you need to go to rehab or you're gone. But to just do that shit that night? Bullshit. I, I actually don't have a follow-up question to the agent who booked the show. How long have you been with this company? Why are you booking Jeff for house shows, sir? Or ma'am? Or person? Can, you, look, with all the questions, can, no, can we ask the, the biggest question of all? Jeff, what the fuck was you thinking, baby? <laughs> and, and here's why I say that. I can understand even more. Per, I can understand more if you walked out in the middle of the fucking match. You had finished your part and the match was about to be finished. It's the last match of the night. You 15 minutes from going back to the curtain. What do you do? Why did you just say, fuck it, I'm good? And through the, oh, and through the no. crowd? Uh, nah, dog. That's why. That that's a that is a that's um like a story from a fucking Bomani Jones segment of that moment you quit your job. So I was out there. I took the hot tag. I did my spot. I hit my spot. I tagged out, and I was like, you know what? I don't want to be here no more. I made millions <laughs> of dollars. I'm out. It is one of the wildest things I've heard in a minute. Uh, but hey, man. I ain't never heard no drug test taking no fucking six weeks to come back. I'm just saying, dog. I mean, that is a wild ass. That is some wild ass shit. Six fucking weeks? What? I mean, you got alien piss? What the fuck is the deal? Nah, nah, nah. You know what six weeks tells me? You know what six weeks tells me? Excuses, bitch. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. That's not what six weeks tells me. Six weeks tells me. It came back negative. They looked at it and they were like, Nah, that can't be right. Run it again. Run that shit again. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, nah. That can't be right. Run that shit back. Run that shit back. <laughs> you got enough to do it again, right? Do it again. <laughs> Are you sure it was negative the first we, time? Hold up. We'll wait. <laughs> we we got a hairbrush with some of his hair in it. You need some hair, some DNA strands? We got you. Here you go. 
That's what that tells me. It tells me that they are def- Matt and Jeff are definitely telling the truth about it being a negative test because oh. WWE got the negative test and they were like, oh no, oh no, I feel the egg trickling down my face. Run it again. Run it again. Fucking rush to judgment, bro. Like, my God. Like, wh- you know, man, so much, so, so many fucking issues can be just solved by taking an extra second and just fucking thinking shit out. Like, what the fuck were you think? I, again, if you feel the motherfucker need to go to rehab, then f- I get it. But, like, can you get some fucking proof first? Like, good Jesus Christ. What the fuck? Oh, man. I just. Oh, man. Wow. Mm. Crazy fucking world, dog. Okay. Um, I, I want to ask you one question, but I don't know if I should ask you because I know it's going to be bittersweet for you because of where it's happening. Ask anyway. I know the match is going to be at Blood Money, but how you feel about Lita being back and being semi-regular again? I have the same thought that I always have with my girl at this age. Girl, don't Watch do no moonsault. Don't do no moonsault. She hit a good one Monday. One Monday I just was good. worry. I just worry every time. I do. Like, I really do. And I, I'm... She seems to be a lot more mobile than she was a couple years ago. When she came back for the rumble and hit a couple spots, and I was just like, "Oh, baby, it's cooked, cooked." Um, but still, I'm just like, "Let's keep this match relatively short. Let's, you know, come in, hit all them good legend spots, do your thing, woo, 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 hit your twist of fate, and then tap out to the figure eight. I would love to see at WrestleMania. Either Lita versus Bailey, or or if if you don't give Lita Bailey, if she doesn't wrestle WrestleMania, then Bailey versus Rhea can be a backup. She's but, already in the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah, Lita's Hall of Famer. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure she was already there. Who's gonna be the woman this year? Maybe the year they do China. Oh please. Maybe the year. Let it be. Let I mean, they're be. starting. The thing is, they're starting to run low on legends. If they want to keep it formulaic like this. Yeah. Um, I, there's one that they haven't done that they could always pull out. Jazz. They could always pull oh, jazz yeah. out. Oh, yeah. I mean, shit. You could definitely induct jazz. This would have been a perfect year to do Jackie, but I think Jackie went in last time. They were in Dallas. 34. Yeah, Jackie's already in it. Yeah, Jackie's already in it. Um, I, yeah, that's a good fucking question, bro. I like This may have to be the year for China, man. I mean, it's long overdue. Damn straight. Any woman that was big enough that Vince offered her the WWE Championship, she should be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Any woman, any woman that was an inspiration for literally your entire roster, probably should be there. I would think so. Yeah. Um, in fact, China shouldn't be the 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 woman's inductee. She should just be an inductee. Yeah. No. Yeah. Legit. Yeah. Like. No, I agree with that. Um, honestly, China and Jazz could both get in, and I would. I. Would see no problem with that. I was disappointed, Jazz, that, that they didn't throw Jazz a, a bone. A rumble spot. Yeah, you know? Yeah, that was my thought as well, especially considering that they apparently were calling all these different people and trying to get people to come in. I'm just like, let Jazz have it. Like, she. Yeah, because she's retiring anyway. I think this was last year was her last year. She would have done a one rumble spot. I felt so bad for Melina because you could tell, like, she just got so excited and so amped and she slipped and she fell slipped. and eliminated herself. And I'm just like, oh, baby. Hey. Oh, you were and so I, stoked. 
So to you, it was disappointment. To me, it gave me the greatest moment of the night with Sasha doing the splits. Oh, the splits. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very, very much for that moment. Yes. I mean, was... I was just, no, like, I popped super hard when Melina's music hit. And she oh, came yeah, I know out you did. and did the whole thing. And, like, she did the splits to come in. I'm just like, yeah, that's my girl. That's Melina. Um, that was very exciting for me. I was sad that Bailey's still not back. I need more Bailey in my life. I need more Bailey, and I need I need Bailey back. I need Oscar back, and it, Lacey's on her way back too now. Oh yes, if I mean if Rhonda had her baby, I'm sure Lacey's had hers. Yep, Lacey had um, hers before Rhonda. I want to say. And honestly, from a character standpoint, the division could use her. Oh no! Look, I I understand Lacey is a is a bit much for some people. But she does her job almost better than she is. She is Mike the Miz Mizanin for the women's division. Everything you ask her to do, she does. She well, will go she through press. Out. She'll go do this. She'll get all the heat when she doesn't want. Like she does it all. Well, and she sticks out because she's so much taller than most of the other girls. Good point. It's like Charlotte is really one of the only other women on the roster that's as tall as. And well, now Rita. Now we got Rhea now too. Oh yeah, and Rhea. Yeah. Yeah. So but like otherwise, like she kind of towers over most of the other girls from a height standpoint. That that's a quiet secret. Yes, WWE released damn near half the fuck women's roster. Bullshit. And yes, they don't book their women's roster for shit other than the main championships. But we've missed some heavy fucking hitters over the past year. So, like, that's affected a lot of this, too, because Lacey's always being booked. Oscar's always being booked. Bailey was the number one woman a couple years ago in the company. So, with them coming back, I feel like I'm not going to say everything's going to be fixed, but, like, they'll definitely... There's no world where Vince is going to say, I'm not going to have anything to do for Bailey, Oscar, and, and Lacey. I just don't see it. Oh, I mean, honestly, I expect, like... I really expect Bailey if if she wasn't back for Man or for the Rumble, I expect her back after Mania and for her to be probably on Raw challenging whoever wins between Becky and Bianca. Okay, so let's in listen on this. Again, I know we're talking Elimination Chamber again, I'm sorry. But the women's elimination chamber, again, a fucking women's elimination chamber in fucking Saudi Arabia. What the fuck? Is Rhea, Bianca, Nikki, Dewdrop. Someone else, it may be Mel, I don't fucking remember. And but then Olive is the fifth one. And a mystery opponent. Reports are that Alexa ain't ready yet. The story is the story they're telling with her is more important than putting her in a match right now. Well, I mean, let's be real. Alexa never fucking wrestles anyway. Well, right, but I mean the 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 the, the common thought would be, well, Alexa's on TV. So and she hasn't wrestled, this would be a cool way to bring her back. And I'm with you. She doesn't wrestle, and I get the story they're trying to tell with her. She hasn't fully finished it yet. So to bring her back in this match would be detrimental to what they're trying to do with her character. I get that. I bring this up because Oscar? Bailey? The hell way to bring her back? I feel like Asuka's more likely than Bailey because I think they're gonna make a big deal about Bailey's comeback. Well, fuck, they need to make a big deal about Oscar's comeback. Shit, Oscar's more decorated than fucking Bailey. You right. I'm not saying she not, but who does the company book better? 
Well, you. This is fucked up. This is jingoistic, but the one that talks English. That's the only difference between Bailey and Oscar. Bailey can talk English. Oscar doesn't. And that the white can't get a buck. Well, you, yes, Pamela Martinez. Yes, just spot on there. The white. I want. I want Bailey to stay a heel, but she may turn face. But I want Oscar as a heel. So I want. I want the the version of Kana that was that had the evil face and was like killing bitches in Japan. Oh yeah, come bad Oscar would be great. Bad Asuka would be great. And she hasn't been healed her entire run. No, you're right. She hasn't. She has She had she had a segment where she dabbled in it in NXT, but it was more like it was more like a tweener than a heel. Mm-hmm. Right? Because her and Ember, she was healish with Ember, but then when she retired after she beat Ember, they hugged each other. So it's like that's not really a heel. So she's no, never really played true. heel her entire run. So I'd be cute. I'd be curious to see it. I mean, I'd be here for a badass heel version of Asuka. And it would it would revive out the character because Asuka as she is is a little played out. Oh, I mean, yeah, like that's I mean, that was the real secret to Bad Bailey is once she figured it out, it was like, oh, this is fresh. This is different. This is new. Like, and she was one of the like, if we're really keeping it a buck, she's one of the only women who's been given the opportunity to like progress through point. character like that. Because like a lot of the women have been kept one note. Bailey, Bailey is the I would say Becky too, but Bailey is the only one that's fully fleshed. Bailey's the one that's fully fleshed. The and and before anybody wants to hit me with Sasha and Charlotte, there's a difference between switching alignment and being yeah. fleshed. They're the same character, they just do it as a face. Yeah, she's the boss and she's the good girl, like I'm a bad bitch boss. Or she's the I'm a bad fucking bitch boss. And Charlotte, when she's a face, she's the legacy kid. When she's a heel, she's better than you. Yeah, like they're the same fucking thing. Like Bailey is one of the few women on the roster who's been given the opportunity to like, you know, Alexa has. But the difference is Bailey actually wrestles because she's good at it. Yeah, no, Alexa and Bailey are not on the same level. And not not just in re- in the ring, but I'm talking about in the hierarchy of the company. Yeah, no, but I just yeah. mean like Alexa is the only other one right now that be even semi comparable in terms of being allowed to change like very sure. drastically change character and change yeah. gimmick. They tried it with Nikki Ash, and I understand that that was Nikki Cross's idea, but like it was so fucking weird. I so uh, and again, I'm not, I keep saying this. I know we got to get out of here. It's getting late where you're at, uh, but. I think the way that they've played that has been near perfect. The only fa- the only failure of this entire Nikki ASA situation has been they played the Nikki and Rhea pairing too long. Well, because they introduced women's tag team titles and then released all the women's tag teams. Talk to them, bro. Talk to them. I- I'm just... Speak, we, that's another match we missed. The Bellas fighting for the tag titles of WrestleMania. Well, I mean, probably yes. Um, and again, that's what happens when you agree to create women's tag team titles and then release all of the women's tag teams. Yeah, it's, it doesn't make much sense. I completely agree with you. But I am here for Super Villain Nikki A.S.H. That shit's going to be fire. I mean, I am too, especially if they can, you know, get more Mighty Molly... Nikki yes. A.S.H. Superhero, supervillain. 
cosplay. Some, somebody of a hero esque demeanor, but I am I I can't wait. You know how uh everybody wears white for the big shows. Uh huh. To see Nikki finally come out in all black. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. So hyped for that shit. All right, man. Get us out of here, man. Well, all right, y'all. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores. You can find my good brother Rance on Twitter at... I still love you, Switchblade. Uh, at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y's Mysterio, C-A-S-H, as in dollars. Of course, the show's at Outsiders Edge CS, and we are part of the Chairshot Radio Network at Chairshot Media, where you... Always use and, if possible, get some head. <laughs> And as always, y'all, we are just a couple of increasingly less young gentlemen doing everything that we can to try to make it out here in this world. And sometimes we're going to hit you with some technical difficulties and some real shit like pissing off your locker room is not generally a recipe for long-term good time. And other times we're going to hit you with that less controversial takes like Biggie's awesome, and, like, he should be treated good. And other times, Jay White's gonna go to fucking AEW and make you cry yourself to sleep in the bed just while listening to some fucking, some Carl Thomas. Listen, as long as he, listen, as long as he's there on March 30th, I will be forgiven. I don't care. One of the two of us is happy. Yeah. So, but no matter what, y'all, we're just out here chasing our dreams, and you have got to respect that. Because, well, if you don't, just like Jay White and Rance's feelings, unfortunate. Don't we sure don't give a fuck. I'll take umbrage to that, but have a good night. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. <laughs>